everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing, Jay? Doing really well, Michael. So Good to see you. We got a, uh, a little bonus episode here, and uh, yeah. before we get into uh, our, our guest this week, just want to do a quick shout out once again to our great supporters and sponsors, HypeBot.com and Bands and Bands in Town. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for everything you do to support us. And of course, DiscMakers.com. Thank you for a continuing sponsorship. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, and T-shirts online and eventually back at gigs has become an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you may need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Mm -hmm. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So we put together a cool little offer for all of our Music Biz Weekly listeners out there. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for a 100 or more CDs, and when you check out, Use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, FREEBIZ, and you'll save up to $150 in shipping costs. So discmakers.com, 100 or more CDs, promo code FREEBIZ, save yourself some money. So this week is kind of a continuation of an episode we did a couple weeks ago where I talked about one of my clients who passed away. And uh, after that episode aired, somebody hit me up on Twitter who was a listener. And, you know, she's like, thank you for bringing that up. Um, she's kind of an expert in digital legacies, death and digital legacy. Spoken at conventions and stuff like that about it. So we invited her, Adele. We invited Adele to come on and join us and kind of share her knowledge and experience. Um, and, man, it's worth listening to. Yeah, it's, really important stuff. It might you might feel it's a little bit heavy, a little bit bit of a downer, but it, it it's great information. You really need to listen to it. You really need to take some action on all of this. Yeah. So let it roll. Listen to Adele as we talk about your digital legacy. I'm honored to have joining us today Adele McAleer. And Adele I guess you might say you you you're you're an expert in in digital and death legacies and dealing with that. You've you've said you've spoken at many events and you've it, it's it's something you've talked about quite a bit. Um, and it's funny because we connected on this after the episode we did a few weeks ago where I had a client that passed away and it was like, oh my God, just learning how to wind things down and manage all of that. And uh, you stepped in and was like, you know, it was a great subject that you talked about. Um, I'd just love to get your, you know, I don't know, professional experience, (laughs) you know, opinion on, on this whole topic matter because it's really kind of opened my eyes up personally of what I need to do beyond just a simple will that most people think, yeah. oh, the will is just going to say who gets the kids and who gets the money. And, right. you know, there's so much more. You know, what happens to website properties? What happens 
to a podcast? What happens to social media profiles? Well, <laughs> thanks. Firstly, thanks for having me on. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a subject that not a lot of people think about because um, oh. there there's there tends to be a taboo around death uh, and talking about death and what you want to have happen to you after death. And so I started talking about this really early, like 2008, um, and. Uh, because I had, I was one of the early people on Twitter, and at that time there was a, when you logged onto Twitter, they used to show you your avatars and these little chicklets beside on your profile, but they would display them in the order in which you followed people. So the first people you followed would show up first on your Twitter profile page when you logged in, and one of the first people I had followed back way back then, 2007, had passed away. And so every single time I logged into Twitter, I would see his picture, but not me. And so it got me thinking and it got me talking to other people who were kind of early adopters and doing lots of beta tests of new platforms and things. And they were all content creators. And it was like, what, what's going to happen to your content, you know, if you die? Nobody was really addressing it. Um, to Facebook's credit, they were the first platform that came out with a so first social media platform that came out with policy on it. And, and that came about because of the Virginia Tech shootings. Um, they, they came up with a policy afterwards where you could um, memorialize an account. Um, so a family, uh, family member could submit to Pay Facebook. Tribute. The, the information um, needed, like a death certificate, probate, that sort of thing, and request that the account be memorialized. Now, the early iterations of that was that the account would actually be, it would leave all the comments from other people there, so it would act like a, a place of gathering uh, for people who wanted to memorialize and grieve together. However, at the early iteration, actually wiped all of the profile owner's own content. So there was a case where there was this woman whose son would post every day a haiku. And her son was tragically killed in a, in a traffic accident. And all of the haikus were, were wiped when she memorialized the account. Now, they no longer do that, thankfully. Thankfully, now all the, the content that's there is there um, for posterity. But they were the first ones to come up with a, with a with a social media policy on that. Yeah. So all you have to have is the death certificate in order to yeah you, reach out to the socials. Yes and no. So if you're the if you're the um, if you're the account holder, you can actually designate um, somebody who will uh, advocate for your account after you've passed away. And can you do that across the board with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, no. or does it? Do you, no. So Facebook. Just talking. If you just look at Facebook properties. Um, you can um, you can designate one for Facebook. Uh, Instagram's policy is slightly different. Um, they you can memorialize an account on Instagram, but they don't they don't have the designate a, a contact on Instagram, but they do on Facebook. Right. Um, on Instagram, once the account is memorialized, you can't log into it. They lock it. Whereas on Facebook, if you memorialize an account and you are the person who is who are authorized to do that, 
you can still log into the account, and so that allows you to change. You know, so, so let, 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 let me ask you real quick then: What is the advantage of memorializing an account on Facebook versus just keeping it up and running? If you've got the login information, you just log in, and you know you can do whatever you want to do to memorialize on there. What? What's is there an advantage? There, are, there are two things with that. Um, first thing is when an account is memorialized, that account holder's information does not show up in any sort of like, tell so-and-so happy birthday. Um, uh, okay, <laughs> got it. Or people you may know. <laughs> so all that, uh, all that type of suggested information about an account holder does not go into circulation when the account is, is memorialized. So you won't get rude, rude, not rude, but upsetting notifications right, about gotcha. somebody's birthday um, who's passed. Uh, the other aspect of that is, and this goes for all online accounts, if you have somebody's login and password, you can go in and control it, but that doesn't give you ownership of the account. All online accounts are non-transferable. There is no right to succession. So you are only impersonating somebody. And the services themselves ha are within their legal rights. If they find that a, an account holder has passed away, they are within their legal rights to close the account. Do they, are they active in doing that? I mean, I, I understand it's totally within their rights. It's in the terms of service that none of us ever read when we join these <laughs> networks. Um, but, you know, you know, at the end of the day, what's it going to take for that to happen? Is it somebody's going to have to report the account, report you to Facebook and say, you know, that person is dead and I can prove it to you and somebody else is running? I mean, I it's happened on Facebook. It's happened on Facebook where somebody who a friend, family friend or personally you know, school friend or whatever. thought that they were acting in a compassionate way and informed faith because they might have received a, a, a notification and they informed Facebook that the, the account holder had passed away and informed and submitted the obituary and Facebook memorialized the account. Well, once it's locked down, you can't unlock it. Even Facebook can't unlock it. Gotcha. So it's happened before where family members were in there managing things and somebody who was well-meaning caused a bit of a catastrophe. Now, l let me ask you right up front, I guess, why, why, sh why would somebody want their account to stay alive? Why would you want the website, somebody's podcast, somebody's Facebook, Twitter? What is the what is gained by keeping somebody's online presence alive? Um, you mean as uh, if you were if you were designating it for yourself in the yeah. future? Yeah. You know, well, yeah, both, Managing. both. You know, because I think at the end of the day, because I'm I'm still dealing with this with my client who passed away. You know, if the people who are very close to the person who passed, they're dealing with grieving and their anger and. And we, we know you're not in your right mind. You're not thinking clearly. 
and people grieve differently. Right. Um, and people have different reactions um, in grief. Um, so there's a few things. Um, some, some families will want to shut things down and, and delete everything, perhaps out of grief, um, perhaps because they don't understand the impact that the deceased has had on their community. And so all of us who are online, we have communities of people around us. Now, we have our family and our, our personal friends, but we might also have work communities. We, if you're a musician, you're definitely going to have a fan community. You have communities of people online. If you're a gamer, let's say you're a World of Warcraft gamer, you're going to have your buddies that you game with mm -hmm. online. So, so every kind of place that you spend time with online and you've developed relations with, relationships with people online, that's an that's a online environment that your family may not be aware of. They may not have, know who these people are. They may not understand that you actually have real-life personal relationships with people that you've never met and that are not in your day-to-day -day life, in, in, in their family. And so families will react by, by thinking, well, there's nothing else out there but the grief that we are feeling and the people that knew him in life. You know, in, in, in meat space, as, as it were, you know, in, in, in the physical world. And so they will, um, they will just want to delete it because that's, that seems too ethereal to them. What happens on the flip side to that is that people who, who are themselves grieving the loss of, of, of this person, who might be in places all over the world, have nowhere left to grieve. Or memorialize or relive experiences and so they are robbed of their their place to um, remember this person yeah um, it, it's a very difficult thing and I've seen cases where you know a poet um, had had been blogging and had put her poetry she had a website that was and the family just came in and took it all down um, there was another case where there was an uh, um, uh, a guy who, who had a, a YouTube channel and he had a blog and a website and he published um, a novel and had another one in the can but not quite at the publisher um, and and his family was taking everything down and it, it his fans, his community, his online community went and downloaded as much as they could. They tried to save as much as they could. They were kind of like went in and, and, and tried to scrape as much of the content as they could in order to preserve it for the future. Gotcha. But so it sounds like, situation. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm back. I, it sounds like it's one of those things that we don't think about. Um, when, even if we have a, a will or a trust, I don't think a lot of people are thinking, well, what would happen to all of these things that we're talking about. I know that I'm having these conversations now with my family. Um, my brother, for example, you know, he's very clear with me. You know, he wants me to handle it and this is how he wants it handled. But mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like a lot of people are thinking that way. And it's gonna it's gonna be difficult to kind of change that mindset, right? To get people to think about that. But then it's it's not as simple as just designating somebody and maybe giving them your login information. It may be specific wishes about what's kept up, what's not. 
I know personally, I had a dear friend a few years back who passed away and his Facebook page is still live. And every year on his birthday, people still, you know, post things there. And I go there, people post photos that they find and it's just very comforting. And I, I love that idea, but at the end of the day, you need to have that plan. And then how do you execute that plan? I mean, is it as simple as just having somebody who has all your login information or is it more that you have the contact uh, email for each one of those social platforms where you can go in and, and do it? Is there like a process that you like to follow on those things? Yeah. So the, so the number one thing is talk to your family and tell them what you want. (laughs) Think, have a think about it and talk to your family and tell them what you want. That's number one. Number two is if somebody um, passes away without without passing on their critical information. Now, what I would say critical information is your primary and secondary email addresses and passwords. Yeah. Uh, because most people have more than one email address. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to do primary and secondary. Um, you want to also include um, your phone and computer uh, lock, unlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And codes. Yeah. Uh, That's a good one. You're going to have, um, for instance, in the case of uh, password reset um, through Google, you might have a two-factor authentication right. tied to your phone. And so if the person can't get into your phone, then you might not be able to reset a password. Um if you have access to a primary account and that, and you're trying to log into um, any online service, a Twitter account or a distributor or whatever, and you're trying to log into that service and the account isn't working and you go to hit um, password reset, you do a password reset on, uh, on the account, you still need to have a, an access to that user's email account to be able to get in to do a verification code. Yeah. So the key is having access to email accounts um, because if, if you can do that, then you can hit password reset on everything and be able to control everything. Yeah. But if you can't get into um, an email or if there's no way to get into email accounts, the only thing that you can do is um, basically appeal to the service. Um, you're never going to get control of the account, but you can have, access to the data that was in the account. So um, for instance, uh, Gmail, you're never going to get control of a Gmail account unless you've been told to put a password in. Google will never give you control of of Google accounts. Um, The only exception to that is, interestingly, I just found this out, AdSense. You can actually petition to have the name of the payee on your AdSense account changed in the case of death so that you can maintain the revenue stream for for the estate. Gotcha. You know, it's interesting. One one thing you brought up in, in kind of passing, which just hit me, especially for musicians is if you're an independent musician and, and you've released your own music through Mm -hmm. a tune core or a CD baby Mm -hmm. and you pass away. Yep. Um, as you know, like on TuneCore, for example, it's it, it's a yearly fee to keep that album there. 
So <laughs> you need to plan. You need to, you know, you need to discuss with what will happen. I want my music to stay live so people can hear my creative works, but that means somebody then has to continue to pay that the fees and be able to access those accounts. Because if the yeah. credit card gets canceled and nobody tells TuneCore this, the next billing cycle, it's taken That's down. That's precisely it. So when you're thinking about when you're thinking about planning and, and what you want to survive you, you have to think about money in, money out, content and community. Those are the four things. So money in, so any revenue sources that might be coming in. And this could be this could be um, obviously streaming revenue or distribution revenue. If you've got a merch store online, you that you might have things in your merch store that are are um, you've collected money, but you haven't yet sent out the merch. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of holding cash and 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 credit in 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 holding. There, uh, you might same for ticketing agencies. If you're, if you're doing your own ticketing and you're doing something for your event right, and you pass away, there's there's money sitting there. PayPal accounts, Venmo accounts, digital wallets like Apple Pay, Google Pay, Microsoft Pay. Um, so anything that you might hold a balance on, you might hold a balance on your on your Amazon account. Um, so so think of all the places where you might have money sitting there that's revenue either revenue generating or just sitting there as a, as a credit and then think of all the places where you pay out every all, the, month. all the subscriptions you've got oh all my the gosh you've got so um but in particular like once your credit card goes so so when when someone dies and the um executor contacts the bank. So the executor takes care of the financial, tying up the financial affairs of, of the deceased. And they'll contact the bank and then the bank will kind of lock everything and cancel the credit cards and lock lock down the, the, the line of credit and all those things. So the, the debit cards and all of that. So if that has undergone its natural process, then all of the outgoing payments that are tied to that credit card won't happen. And then the service will send an email to say, hey, this right. payment failed. Now, if you've got access to the email account and you've got it set up so that you're pinged or that e all emails are forwarded to you, then you'll, you'll get the notification that this thing has, this payment has failed. But if you haven't gotten access or you haven't thought to forward all incoming emails to your own account, then you're not going to know that it's failed. And then all of the things that are linked to that credit card will come down, including your distribution. Yeah, you're right. I just handled this uh, last year for a friend that had passed away. And I, I met with the bank, did all of the things that you just mentioned. One of the things we had his email forwarded to me. So mm -hmm. I, when I got these things, I could either write deceased on it and put it back in the mailbox. So, you know, let's say it was a cable bill or something like that, right. but then there might be some letter or card from a friend or somebody that you'd want to personally reach out to. Um, and so handled that, but this other stuff that you're talking about, as far as getting access to the email, it didn't happen. So right. 
that's a problem because you know a lot of what we do now is on text and email. And if you don't have access to that, I don't know. Yeah. So there, there are password managers and things that, that people use as well. Um, there are ways that you can, um, if you have the, 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 the primary login for your password manager and you, so you can designate somebody in your life as a digital executive. Okay? And that, that, ta- that term digital executive was actually t- coined in 2008 by Derek K. Miller, who was a blogger. He had a blog called, Pen machine. He blogged for 10 years and he blogged right through his stage four colorectal cancer oh, into wow. his death in 2011. And I was fortunate enough to interview him in 20, uh, 2010. And about, you know, he was the first like real heavy duty content creator I had come across who, who was thinking about this and, and advocating for this. So the term digital executive comes from, from Derek. Uh, and so what he did was, um, it got me thinking about all the things that people would need to be taken care of. So you would have your executor for your, for your estate, and then you could designate a digital executor because your executor might not be somebody who's digitally savvy. That's right. Everybody is. So you want to pick somebody in your life who's digitally savvy. And then that person works with your executor to make sure that everything gets done that you want to have done. And it is that person that you should entrust with um, an email that has your basically like break glass in case of emergency. Here's the, here's, here's the uh, email, the password to my email. account. The only problem is, is that you have then, if you change your password at any point and don't inform that, that person or don't update that file or don't, you know, follow through on that, that back to square one. Which is, which is why I, you know, in, in the last episode, we talked about this big advocate of using a password manager. So basically you only need to pass along the master password to get into your password manager. And, you know, I could, I do have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of accounts set up in there that you will now have access to once you've logged into the password manager. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on something that I think some people might forget, and that is just your iPhone. (laughs) You know, what's the password you log into your computer with? Um, Because those things are, you're not going to be able to just call up Apple and and get that. Um, As we we know, like on an iPhone, what is it? After 10 failed attempts... It, it's a brick. It's a brick. It's hard reset. It's mm-hmm. dead. So you've got to be very careful with that. You know, I, and I suspect there's a lot of people that don't even realize that that's the case. That they'll just keep trying and trying and trying, and then they've screwed themselves basically. Yeah. Now the one thing, one yeah. thing about Android is that it does have a micro SD card, so you can, so even if you can't get into the phone, you can still manage to extract the SD card and then. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, I, I know my iPhone has an SD card too. Um, I, I just assumed there was some kind of encryption on that to keep me from, you know, just taking somebody's card and having their info. Yeah, I'm not sure about that actually. Yeah, that's interesting. But that's all good advice. You know, what Michael said about the password manager and your advice about, you know, setting up that digital executor, you know, ahead of time. 
and making sure you tell your family what your wishes are. So there's no doubt, you know, uh, for me, for example, you know, I, I have work that I've either written or photographs I've taken. I, I would like that to stay out there for anybody who wants to use it. Um, so I need to make sure that my family knows that, but there may be people who, you know, Michael had an example earlier. There may be people who don't want to share, um, their work, uh, after they're gone. So that's, that's really good advice. Let people know. Adele, is it, you know, if, if, if you're a fan of somebody or, you know, been working with somebody and they pass away and the executor and the digital executor and all the wishes are, we're shutting it down. We don't want it. Is it really a battle that's worth picking up and fighting to say, you know, you really do want to think about as this? As a as fan. As a fan, yeah. friend. Well, if, 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 yeah. I mean, I think if, if people are motivated to, to let the estate know but they care. They absolutely should. Um, now, whether the state does anything about it or not, because if it was the artist's wishes that everything is gone and they're just fulfilling the artist's wishes, then, you know, that's a different, that's a different conversation. But fans have every right to express themselves and say, no, not this can happen. Now, it may not change the outcome, but yeah. the fans may rally together and come up to, with their own solution. Such a yeah. heavy, heavy topic. I mean, as you know, while you we were talking talk beforehand, it, right? yeah, it's, it's a heavy discussion. But yeah, you really have to talk about it. You've got, you've got to think about this because, as I said, and I'm hope most people are this way. I've, I've at least got a will, but mm-hmm. I, you know, even when you're filling out a will, a lot of times they're not asking you, "What do you want happen to your Facebook page?" They're going, "Who gets, <laughs> who gets the car?" Where's the car right. go? Where's the major assets go? Yeah. Right. And, and you know, if, as somebody who's grown up and deeply entrenched in the digital world, it didn't dawn on me that, mm-hmm. boy, I've got this whole life online. Mm-hmm. What happens to it? And, and so it's things so- like a website, you know, look at all the things that are tied just to having a website. Right. You've got domain that you have to pay for yeah. every year. You've got hosting that you have to pay for, uh, probably monthly or annually. Um, even if you even if you're not using something like a Squarespace, you're still going to have private hosting. So you have to pay for something there, right? If mm-hmm. you've got a, if you've got an online store, then uh, perhaps it's through Shopify, or perhaps there's another um, kind of e-commerce provider service that you're using. There, there's a fee attached to that. Uh, you might have, um, you know, if you're using a private host, you might have a, to pay for an SSL, you know, a security certificate every year. I guess there's all of these things that are t- just tied to having a website. You might, you yeah. might, you might be actually literally in some of these cases, you're paying extra to have the, your the email address on the server. Yes. Mm-hmm. And 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 back to your whole issue about email is so critical. If you don't continue paying it, they'll shut off the email address. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and there's all these things like, you know, everybody keeps their things in the cloud, whether it's a G Suite, whether it's whatever it is. As a photographer, I use um, SmugMug, and I've got tens of thousands of photos on SmugMug because the site was designed to display images better with truer color, et cetera. And if that lapses, you know, 
though all those images are going to go down as well um yeah. so all those google docs you know that we share and all of like you know your photos that you have in the cloud your music that you may have in the cloud those are all things you need to consider right that's right um one thing that's so yes absolutely dropbox box google drive all of that you you, you need to <laughs> Take into account that there's a lot of iCloud as well. You know, there's a lot of cloud storage happening. Yeah. So, so I hadn't even thought of Dropbox. You just mentioned Dropbox. I've got like the one terabyte version of Dropbox. There's tons of important videos, images, contracts, all sorts of stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. All that. Yeah. So then here's another thing just to kind of throw another wrench into the whole digital legacy aspect is um, you can download all the stuff and put it on a hard drive, but there's something called bit rot. So the, they degrade. Yeah. So and file formats go extinct. That's right. And yeah. so you might have a file that's 10 years old, but you can't open it anymore because nobody supports that file format. Anymore. That's right. And I have an IT guy who told me one time that, your hard drive that you use, it's not a question of if it will go bad, it's when it and, will go bad. Yeah, it's, they don't last forever. Even, and even CDs and DVDs degrade. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's really good advice. Kind of move, this, the movement to kind of digitize old family photographs and stuff, well, that's great, yeah. except that all the media that they're putting all these digital, all these photographs on will degrade. And they'll degrade well, faster than 100 year old photographs. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I'm so glad we had you on the show because it, it's going to cause people to kind of think for a second, well, what about my socials? What about the stuff I have on these different drives? And what about all these subscriptions and things? And maybe just make a list, put it down on paper. Because <laughs> Michael, I could see when you, when you were talking about subscriptions, your reaction is the same as mine. I have so many subscriptions. Oh, God, yeah. You know, to you know all the Adobe suite and to different channels and magazine service. I mean, I, I probably have yeah tons of these things that you need to kind of make a list of and go. Well, what I, what do I want to have happen to this stuff? Yeah, yeah. that's one, great stuff. One thing. One thing that's an, uh, another thing that uh, I'm going to throw in here: an iTunes library. Um, so if you if you think about you know, people people are streaming these days, but you know there are people who have quite a substantial iTunes library that they you know have paid for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not I You don't own it. It's a license you bought. Huh. So uh, you can't bequeath it. You can't say. But oh, I wonder if if it's online, you probably can't. But they removed the DRM some years ago. So if you had it downloaded to your own computer, I guess somebody could have your computer and therefore own it. But those ones that are in the cloud, yeah, that's challenging. Well, but, but uh, you know, the as I'm hearing this, perfect example is Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. We've got an Amazon Master Prime account at home that we've purchased many movies and many TV shows through and everything along those lines. Um, I can't just transfer the ownership of those digital assets to another person they're tied to that account yeah yeah that's interesting yeah. that's right um sometimes you can kind of um there, there might be some wiggle room if you have a family account 
Yeah. Um, sure. A shared account. Yeah. Yet can get into it. That that there's some wiggle room there. But 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 that that gets back to the subscriptions. Yeah. Somebody needs to be aware that yes, there's a yearly subscription going out to Amazon.com that was charged to so and so's credit card, and when the executor kills that credit card, somebody needs to go in and update the account so the new payment goes to a different credit card. Right. I mean, um, and Dropbox for me is the big thing. You know, I save everything to the Dropbox so I don't have to worry about my hard drive crashing. But if my Dropbox disappears. And then, it, then okay, so let's say, you, let's say, you know, the time, God forbid, comes and, and you're gone. And then you've got this cloud full of Dropbox. What? How? It's it's another question. Of how long does your state hang on to that? Yeah. What is actually needed from what that? Do they, what do, what do they want to do with it? Is yeah. it is it necessary for them to hang on to that beyond a year, two? Like, so sometimes we, we I mean we have we all have so much data connected to our accounts. And it's sometimes, you know, it's just, it's too much to save. You can't save everything. Right. So you yeah. really have to think about what are the most important things that I want to want saved. Um, yeah. Because otherwise it's a, it's a tremendous burden. Well, it is. And it's also what you find valuable may not be uh, valuable to other people. A friend of mine told me years ago that when you pass away, 95% of what you own is going to end up in a dumpster. And then a couple of years ago, I had a friend pass away and I watched that happen yeah. because all of those shoes that you have and all of those little trinkets that were really important to you, they're not important. Any, you know, Maybe some of your family member might want to have a piece of your uh, jewelry to remember you by or something small. Like my grandfather was a jazz musician. I have his saxophone. You know, There's things like that. But a lot of the stuff physically and digitally that you have <laughs> you know, you need to prioritize it because a lot of it, no one's well, going to want I, or I care think, about. I think even more important, though, in the case of stuff like the cloud services, you need to make the digital executor aware that these services exist because as they might be looking for important data to address an issue, you've saved it to Dropbox or Google Drive or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, th then they can figure out with the rest of the stuff on there, what do they want to do with it? Mm -hmm. But at least yeah. you've got to inform people that, yeah, I've got all the financial documents stored, you know, here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, go ahead, Adele. It, so, so there was another thing while I, while I was preparing, because it, it, it's been a few years since I've spoken about this topic. So I wanted to go back and kind of update my update my research and make sure I wasn't talking out of my hat. And um, it was interesting because I gave, I'm Canadian, I gave SoCan a call to ask them, okay, what, from a, from a PRO standpoint, if you have a member that dies, then what? Um, because I've never explored that. And it was interesting that they, 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 they turn it into an estate account and estate membership. And then they work with the executor to make sure that the beneficiaries receive the payments in the future. And I said, okay, so um, 
copyright in the U.S. anyways is, you know, the life of the author plus 70 years. So if you've assigned a beneficiary that is 30 years old, uh, when, when the author dies, you know, the beneficiary is 100. Is that, how does that pass through? Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> but, you know, it goes to the beneficiary's beneficiary. But then wow. what happens is, is that if you have, if, if, if you don't have a tremendous earning potential from your um, copyrights, it gets to split and split and split and split. Um, you know, if you have gotcha. three beneficiaries at the first level and then those three die and they each have two or three beneficiaries, by the time it gets to your, you know, grandkids or great grandkids, there's not much coming in on each channel. Unless you kind of create a trust in advance of your death, that and the gotcha. trust manages all your intellectual property, and there you can have a. Um, I know in the, the the world of authors, there are literary executors, and literary executors are there to exploit your um, your copyrights right. and to to work on behalf of the, the beneficiaries to get as much out of this as possible and negotiate new contracts. Well, I mean, it's the same thing in the music world. You know, it's the estate owners. I mean, you know, Elvis Presley, you know, there's still Elvis Presley merchandise and licensed items coming out because sure. whoever's managing the estate is now in charge of making sure they can monetize Elvis. Right. That's right. Well, if you're an independent musician you might not realize that you might have to think about that as well. So yeah, you might have yeah. three That's good executives. Your, your kind of your head main regular executive, your digital executor, and then kind of like a, a music executor to right. take care of your unfinished works, your, your, your works that are already so, out so, there. Some, somebody who's almost just, you know, in charge of your business now. They're, 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 right. your, they're your business manager Working with yeah. the estate, working with the executors, but they're in charge of, you know, making sure you you get the money that you you deserve. Yeah, and they and they generally speaking will make a percentage. Yes, of whatever they get. Yeah, Adele, Very this was this was so interesting, so enlightening. Yeah. Um, I know for me personally, it's it's opened my mind, my eyes even more from just a couple weeks ago when I had to deal with this, because now there's more mm -hmm. things that I'm going, oh, I got to do this and deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, I just hope, you know, some of our listeners out there kind of got a little wake-up call going, okay, I need to... Because we're, as, as a musician, it's a digital world. You yeah. know, what do you want to have happen to all of your digital assets? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that... You know, a lot of the reasons why the social networks didn't really come out with, uh, except for Facebook, didn't come out with um, uh, kind of legacy right at the beginning. And, and some, some of them still don't have anything. Like Snapchat's got nothing on their terms of service, nothing. Uh, nothing in their help sections, nothing. I've, I checked. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's because it, it's a youth culture. Mm -hmm. Just when you're starting a social network, all these I mean, Facebook is old, trends older now, but you know, 12 years ago, it it was younger. Yep. And so they're not thinking about. Yeah. Their their attitude is it's yeah. not going to happen to me. Yeah. Right. 
I don't have to think um, about that. And so, so it tends to be something that you know you don't think about until you're you're older. Um, and then sometimes people think, well, if I get ill, then I'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah. But what I've what I've what I've encountered previously from from speaking to people who who had to cope with this is that if you're ill and you're in the hospital and you are fighting for your life, even if it's a slow onset disease, you don't want to concede defeat mentally. And so you don't want to talk about this sort of stuff. And you may become incapacitated by the time it's time to make these decisions. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a whole range of, you know, accidentals to you know a long a long drawn out thing but a lot to think about a lot to plan for so adele if people want to learn more about this or they want to reach out to you where where can people find this information and can people directly reach out to you right they can absolutely reach out to me um so i've got sparktheflame.com it's um it's pretty sparse there at the moment but i am planning on having a checklist uh, that people can go through and at least help them to prompt them to give some, them some ideas. Great. Uh, that'll be available for download shortly. And uh, otherwise, they can reach me at Adele, A D E L E, at sparksdeflame.com. Adele, awesome. Adele, thank you so, thank you so much, much for much. sitting down and, and, and talking through this, this heavy topic, but uh, it, it needs yeah. to be talked about. Yeah. yeah thank thanks you so much. For having me. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we did this talk, Jay. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it's a good end cap to the episode from a couple weeks ago where I yeah. shared my experiences of dealing with this. Um, yeah. Adele just brings her, her knowledge and expertise in in. in addressing this issue yeah i learned us. so much and i was making notes as she was talking yeah. and i'm gonna put together a plan i'm gonna do it right away yeah yeah i mean everybody you just start putting a plan together even if it's just on a note paper where you're jotting down these notes and who's this and what's that start it now because um yep. you know as she, she you know it's too late when you're you're laying in a hospital bed that's right that's right um, yeah. All right, so big shout-out to HypeBot.com, Bands in Town. Thank you for everything you do to support us. Disc Makers, thank you for your continuing sponsorship. If you are watching us on YouTube, hit the red subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, follow us. And iTunes, subscribe and leave a review and a rating. We greatly appreciate it. We'll see everybody yes, sir. next week.